From being a sports writer to adding children's minister to his resume, Tyler D. Smith shares his story on how to search for God in every aspect of life, seven days a week. My favorite thing that Tyler said was, I'm done with the whole comparing myself to someone else thing. What God has for me is completely what he has called me to do. What great words of wisdom. Stay tuned as he share his powerful story on the next episode of the Power and Investing in People podcast. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. And today, my guest is the awesome Tyler D. Smith. Welcome to the show, Tyler. Thanks for having me. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Well, Tyler and I literally just met seconds ago, (laughs) and I believe it was uh, someone in your staff, possibly, that reached out to me and was like, hey, would you consider having Tyler on your show? Yeah, yeah. And once I started, you know, diving in and researching, or you could call it stalking, whichever you want, (laughs) whichever you prefer, I was like, oh, this guy's got a great story. So um, thank you so much for taking time to be here today. Yeah, I really appreciate it. So for those of you who don't know, Tyler D. Smith is an author, pastor, NBA sports writer, and coach. He has also worked in the Christian music industry. He and his family live in Indiana, and you can find more about him at searchingforseven.com. And that, of course, will also be in our show notes as well. So, Tyler, I always like to start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? Uh, It means everything. You know, I I think there's so many examples from my life, all the different things that you mentioned that I've uh, been blessed to be a part of. Um, They would not be possible if other people didn't invest in me. And I try to return the favor, you know, when it comes to something like writing. If somebody's an aspiring writer, I try to invest in them and try to help them with uh, every step along the way, you know, I'm uh, a man of faith. And so I, I look to the scriptures. I look to, you know, the life Jesus lived and where he was, you know, most of his ministry was uh, with people, you know, with a small group of people and, um, or he would be in public and somebody would stop him and ask a question and, or, or need a healing or something. And he would always uh, invest that time. So I think I've heard it said before that you could spell love with time, you know, T-I-M-E mm. is, uh, the, the greatest, greatest thing and one of the greatest gifts you can give to somebody is your time. Um, cause we know life is short. We only have so much time on this earth. So for me to give that to you, to show that I'm, um, you know, encouraging you and, and believe in you and your future. Um, that is, uh, one of the greatest gifts people have given me. And that's what I try to, to give back. So through the ups and downs, uh, to really invest in somebody is just to be there for them. How can I help you get to the next level in whatever uh, endeavor that we're doing? Mm, I love, I love, I love that you said how you just spell love is T-I-M-E. So we've probably heard of the five love languages, right? So would quality time be one of your love languages? It absolutely is. Yes. Yeah. And so where in your lifetime were you kind of maybe going through maybe a rough patch and somebody spent quality time with you. I think it was, you know, after high school and even into my first year of college, I was, I went to this uh, state school and I had no intention of, you know, getting into, you know, youth ministry or anything that I um, am really doing now. But 
I was kind of at a place of, of just being a little unsure of what my future was going to hold and if I was in the right place. And then I, my friend joined, you know, he had me join this, uh, this Bible study group, but it was so much more than just a, you know, let's come read the Bible, then leave. Um, they would actually go into town and, and try to share about Christ to people, but it was done in a very caring and loving way, not, you know, a condemning or yelling at people kind of way. Um, and so I wasn't doing much of the talking, but I would sit back and listen to these conversations. I was like, they really care about these people. They're asking mm-hmm. them questions about their life and it's very calm and approachable. And so I think though, just with some of the friends that were in that group, when they started to invest in, in me and, um, you know, help me in my faith. And then the first year I was in youth ministry, the pastor that I worked with, um, he, he knew that I wasn't going to school for it. He knew I didn't have any experience, but he was like, I'm going to, you know, take time every week, every day, if I have to, to help you understand, you know, you have the ability to do this. You have um, a lot of gifts that God's given you. And whether you end up doing this as a career or not, I want to invest that time in you. So those are a couple examples for me. Mm. So for our listeners, I just want to point out that he was not on a path to be a youth minister. And yet someone took the time to really pour into him and spoke life into him. And now you're not only a youth pastor, right? You're, you're an author as well. So where was your path headed if it wasn't a youth pastor? Uh, I was, I was going to do something sports related, which I know now, you know, getting to do sports writing um, for, for most of my life growing up. Uh, I was, you know, planning to be into broadcasting of sports. And so I ended up doing more of the writing path. But when I went to that state school, I was, you know, majoring in communications. And I found out that the uh, Christian college um, that was kind of recruiting me for basketball, um, you know, that was the main draw for me to switch schools. Um, but I also heard that this Christian school had the communications degree as well. So I was like, I got to do the same thing, be around Christians, play ball. Sounds like a win-win. And then after one year of that college is when the local youth group called me and said, Hey, would you want to start this up uh, for the summer? It was supposed to be just a summer thing. And I've been doing it for 15 years, (laughs) you know, never stopped doing it. So, so would you say that you found something that you're extremely passionate about? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things. And I, kind of one of the messages of the book too, is we have to be intentional about putting action to faith and sometimes doing things that we maybe aren't comfortable with or don't really know. And then God's going to use that to be like, Hey, I actually want you to do this. Um, Cause it's not just going to be from a a childhood passion or maybe, you know, things you've always loved. It's like, Oh wow. I didn't know I had some of those gifts. I didn't know how rewarding it is to help students. And now I know because I actually, you know, did it. So yeah, absolutely. So I coach people into doing that, into stepping out of their comfort zone, but also like getting really still and listen to the and being aware of the opportunities that are around you. And at some point you became so aware of this other school that, you know, you're, when we're focused on our goal, we're assuming that we're going in one direction. But all of a sudden this little voice, God whisper, whatever you want to call it, you became very aware that there was this other opportunity out there. And that yeah. completely changed the trajectory of your life. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And actually, so I, I share a story too. I actually opened the book with the story of how there's one random game my sophomore year of JV basketball uh-huh. that years later I look back and I was like, if that one game didn't happen, all these <sighs> other things that lined up 
is crazy, but there's also a chapter in there called just say yes. And it's about faith related things. Like when you, I used to make up excuses or think I'm not qualified, but I started to say yes to these things. And it was like, maybe God's the one asking me to do these things and giving me these opportunities. If I start taking them, then I'll start to realize, Hey, I'm actually, I can actually do some of this and it's actually rewarding. And my life has more purpose and meaning when I say yes to those things. Mm, I totally agree. And I think sometimes that, that it's not only just God asking you, it's, it's that push out of that comfort zone with curiosity to just go, well, well, what if I just explore this and see what happens? And clearly, I mean, that landed you a completely different route than you were going. And yet I love that it just started with a basketball game. And it's so crucial for anyone who's going through a, a, any kind of time and something is showing up to you to go, Hey, what about this opportunity over here is to just do what you said. Just step your, take your step out of your comfort zone, say yes and mm-hmm. see where it goes. Yeah. You know, even early on, there was a guy named Moses who was like, I can't speak for you, God. And he's like, yeah. I made your mouth. I know you can. <laughs> and, and sometimes we have that kind of reaction of someone else is more qualified or I, I'm not, I don't want to do that. I'm not good at that. And God's like, okay, but I, I think, I think you can do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, and I love that you brought up Moses. I am not scriptured. I am storytelling. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I am, can, I can't pick out the verse, but I can yeah. tell, tell you a story. And one of the things that you just said is that, you know, God calls us because we, uh, he qualifies us. Mm-hmm. He does not, um, even if we don't feel like we are, he does something that makes us qualified. Right. Yeah. And so for me, I love that yours was youth ministry. For me, it was working with veterans and small business owners. And I never, ever, ever, ever would have guessed that that's what I would be doing. And yeah. yet this is the path that he's put me on. So for you, were you, um, you I know you were sports writing, but did you ever think, well, maybe one day I'll work with kids or was it just totally not even on your radar? Never on the radar, <laughs> never at all. Yeah. And I mean, I, I enjoyed um, you know, I, I enjoy, I, I did think I would get into coaching at some point, mm-hmm. um, maybe even the teaching coaching thing, but it, it was 100% not until I started doing it that I, you know, realized that, Hey, this actually is a passion that I have. Mm. And I just want to say, I know we're not good. We're on video now, but when people are listening to this, when he says that he's passionate about this, you can see his whole <laughs> body language change. He's left totally passionate about it. <laughs> And, and I love that because I think so many times we forget to like, we're so our maybe it's our background. We're focused on doing a job or getting a job mm. and we're not used to tapping into passion and what lights us up. What and my eyes, what I say is light your soul on fire. What is really, you know, what is that desire to go you forward to, yeah. to bring you forward? So mm. good for you. And you're doing Christian music as well. So how did you, did you do that before or did you get into that after the youth ministry? That was kind of around the same time I was in a company that basically promoted and put on Christian shows and mainly in the Midwest, but we had shows kind of all over the place. And just to kind of see the behind the scenes and all the prep work leading up to the Christian shows and, you know, getting to do like being on tour buses and stuff and talking with artists and, uh, you know, that world, um, it just kind of, was a cool experience, but also helped with some other things in life as well. 
Nice. So did you sing yourself or have your own band or what, what did you do? I have, I have a little bit, um, I've been part of a couple different bands, but it was, uh, you know, both times there people or myself that had moved away. So they didn't really stick, but now it's more of a, you know, we'll lead worship sometimes or have fun with it. Um, got a couple of friends that have, have mentioned, you know, getting something started again, but, but have a, a music page online, but it's more not for purchase, more for just like an offering and, uh, just have fun with it. Awesome. Awesome. So there could possibly be another opportunity in the future. If someone's listening, they can contact Maybe. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never know. You never know where it's going to take you. Right. Right. Now I know that you're, you're doing the youth ministry. So do you have a, your own church in Indiana? Yeah, it's actually, so the church I grew up in and then I went to college and I was in Florida wow. for three, three and a half years and really, the only thing that could get me to, you know, to leave the beach in Florida is uh, my home church and my mm-hmm. family and, um, you know, being able to come home and lead kids and, and say, like, I was actually in this literal youth group many years ago. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. But we're in uh, Crawfordsville, Indiana, and so not too far from Indianapolis. Gotcha. Great. Well, I know that one of your titles of your book is, is Content. And so how do you find being content? Like what brings you to be content? Um, I think it's definitely a challenge, you know, even when, uh, even when you have a lot, um, sometimes because the, the age that we live in, you're, it's very, I think comparison can be the opposite of contentment. Yes. And, you know, when people compare, uh, when you get on social media, used to be like you compare yourself just to the people that live near you or, people that go to your school or your work. Now it's like, I compare myself to millions of people all the time. And it's right. hard to be content when you see, well, this person has this and this person has this big challenge for me was getting out of college of course, just starting into youth ministry, but some of my classmates getting these big, awesome church jobs. And like, mm. I'm like, I know that person and how had they, you know, they must know someone They you know, it's hard even with people that you love and respect to not compare. So I've really got to a place, um, you know, maybe five or six years ago where I was just like, I'm done with that comparison game. It's a game no one can win. Not that I'm perfect at it, but it's just like what God has for me is completely, you know, my own thing and what he's called me to do. I'm not going to compare. So um, that's probably the big thing. I think too, just that, uh, that scripture where everyone quotes Philippians 4.13, but the couple verses before it is Paul saying, I've had everything before. I've had nothing before. I know I've learned the secret of being content in all things. And basically because of that, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, knowing in the highs and the lows of life, um, I've got to take one day at a time. The Bible doesn't really talk about tomorrow unless it says, don't worry about tomorrow. <laughs> don't boast about tomorrow. It's all about today and the right here, the right now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it takes a lifetime to, you know, get to that mindset, but it's what I'm working on. Awesome. For me, and as you're saying that, I'm all I can think of is fear. That's how fear shows up, right? Like it's kind of dangling that carrot of, oh, you're not good enough. Look at this person over here. They did the same schooling as you, but they're making more money or they're more successful or they have more fame. And we have, we're only seeing what social media portrays, right? Where we have no yeah. idea what's over there. So yeah. for me, I always look at what I, what could I, what can I be grateful for? Yeah. All the experiences mm-hmm. I've gone through and exactly what you said. I love that you said it um, because this is God's plan for you, mm-hmm. Tyler. 
It's not God's plan for Joe or, or Jake or, you know, whoever, this is God's plan for you. And I think as entrepreneurs and even as, as a veteran, we sometimes, we don't think that we're on the right path or we want to be like, well, that person's more successful or that person's making more money or, you know, they're showing on Instagram their new car that they bought and it's a sports car and how come it's not me? Oh, it's coming. Oh, I feel like when you're following your passion and your purpose, because that's was put there by God, right? It's God's mm-hmm. purpose, really. It's coming. And it might not show up in dollars and cents, but it's coming in other places. It's coming in in connections. It's coming in lighting that, like that, what we've talked about before, lighting your soul on fire. It's coming within. Yeah. Which is a totally different contentment than the comparison. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the impact you could have on others um, by actually living out your purpose. And, you know, there's a lot of scripture about that too, about um, the parable of talents where one had five, one had two, yes. and they, they both put it to use and then they both got the same reward. And it's not about like, it's about you have different talents and resources. Are you putting it to use? Um, I remember uh, a lot of times I'll put my uh, music playlist on shuffle and it's amazing how like the perfect song will come up. And I was going, going through something and I just was kind of feeling down uh, with some ministry and things. And the song came on, it was a by, it's by a band that not a lot of people have heard of. And I remember in that moment, I was like, I, this was the perfect song for me at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. It's speaking, speaking to my soul. And I had this revelation of like, not many people know this band, which kind of bums me out, but at the same time, they've impacted me. So for me in my life, you know, this is even before I wrote the book, but different, you know, creative endeavors, you know, if it's reaching a few people, um, it doesn't have to be the, you know, who, you know, name mega pastor that's reaching millions. You know, if there's a few people that get something out of it, then that's awesome. That's a, something to follow, remember in your passions. And so, yeah, that's a, a good mindset to have, I think. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So I'm just curious, was there ever a time I mean, we talked about the, 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 the basketball game when you were a sophomore. So was there ever a time around that time of your life that you were maybe faced with an obstacle? You, you saw the challenge that was coming at you. A little bit later than that, um, I was still young and I thought I was about to get engaged. Mm. Uh, and I believe I was 20 at the time. Um, so pretty young and... Um, my you know girlfriend was was with her for a year year and a half. Actually went to her house uh, to ask the blessing of from her parents, and then it was like from that moment everything came crashing down. And looking back, I'm 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 glad, <laughs> and I see what was you know God what He was doing uh, through all of that. But it was one of those things that at the time you know twenty year old who you know thinks I have all my life together figured out. Um, felt like my, my faith was getting stronger. And then for that to happen, you definitely have some moments of kind of like, why, like, why is that happening? And, but I, I feel like the, you know, year or two leading up to it kind of helped me prepare for understanding that we're going to face pain in life. Like we're not prompt, you know, being a Christian is not like you're going to have a happy life and you're always just going to get everything you want, kind of help prepare me for that. And to understand that, you know, God's got something different, better <laughs> later on. And, um, I'm gonna have to be faithful in these moments until, until I get answers later, which could be much later. I don't know, but I'm gonna have to be faithful, um, no matter what. 
Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm guessing, did you, did you go forward with that marriage? No. Um, so like even really before, so I went to ask for the blessing mm-hmm. and, uh, and then some things kind of happened within that where she found out, um, and everything was good with us until then. But then that kind of revealed some other things that came up. And gotcha. so we ended up not even, uh, getting engaged. We broke up, uh, I don't know, maybe a few months later, we broke up for good. So gotcha. And then how long after did you meet her, your wife? Long time. Uh, I would say close to 10 years. Yeah. So I was all the way through college, all the way through four, almost four years in Florida um, without. And then when I moved back is when I, I met my wife in uh, 2014. So um, yeah, got married at 30. Awesome. And just for those who are listening, sometimes it's not about the person you're with right now. You know, we're talking about business and life changing things, but it's also in relationships as well. I think, um, especially as that young age as 20, we feel, well, even up until 25, I think all of our friends that comparison, all of our friends are getting married. They're, we're graduated college. We're starting our real quote unquote adult life. Right. And then you're like, Oh, well, the next step is obviously to get married. And, um, I'm, I, I have to say, I'm thankful that you listened so many people try to force it when it is so apparent that it shouldn't be going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then by the time they're 30, like you said, 10 years later, what happens? They're now getting a divorce. Yeah. Yeah. So good for you that you listened to that voice and continued and you waited, you continued to wait and move forward till you found the right person. What a, what an inspirational story. Thanks mm-hmm. for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely some moments during, you know, during that time period of, you know, some maybe more lonely times or questions like, when is this going to happen? And, um, but yeah, you're right. It definitely fits in lots of different, uh, categories. And I've heard it said that, you know, God doesn't really, is not going to really fit into a box or a formula. And so when we try to make our life fit the perfect little formula, he's often going to kind of break through that. And, um, we have to be ready for those opportunities and moments when they come up. Absolutely. And you give, you give us hope, right? Uh, myself as a single woman, you give us hope that it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So tell us about a, um, the confidence and comparison, uh, chapter. We talked a little bit about it, but I know we talked about comparison, but let's talk about the confidence piece of it. Yeah. Confidence has been such a huge part of, for me personally, in like every aspect of life, um, I, I can, I can relate Bible or, uh, excuse me, basketball stories. Uh, just when I felt confident when I didn't, the, you know, like the different type of player I was, uh, I made a joke in, in the book about how, you know, if a, like really never in my life would I go up to a girl to ask her out because mm. I was too nervous. But mm-hmm. if I had information that she liked me, I, <laughs> I turned into a Backstreet Boy overnight and I was like, hey. oh, of course, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that confidence. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but from a faith standpoint, when it was like, when I, when I have my confidence is in the Lord, it's not in me, anything I've accomplished, it's yeah. a game changer. And there's, you know, lots of scripture for that too, just about, you know, putting your trust and in, in all your confidence in him and, and not, uh, things of the world, material things, um, but knowing like when I face a bad time or when I 
you know, 2020 has been a mess, you know, all the things going on and it's like, but that's not what my confidence is in, you know? So I, I can still, doesn't mean I'm happy every day, but like I can have joy knowing what my future holds, knowing, um, you know, my, my full trust and confidence is in him and, and I should live that way. So when somebody, uh, doesn't like me, when somebody doesn't like something I do or doesn't get it, mm-hmm. um, I, I can just keep my head up and be like, okay, I, I'll continue because my confidence is in him and not in earthly things anyway. Mm, absolutely. I love that you started off with the, the asking out the, the girl, because so many times that's what happens, right? We're, we're seeking approval from other people. That's where we think our confidence lives in them saying, uh, yes, I'll go out with you or selling your product of, you know, you've written a book. So yes, it's, it, I get approval from how many books I've sold. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, especially for our entrepreneurs that it's, we're seeking that outside that external Mm-hmm. And that is not where confidence lives. Confidence lives exactly what you said. It lives inside and yeah. only, only, um, your spiritual side, I believe, you know, God, universe, whatever you believe in. I personally believe in God, but whatever you believe in is what fills you up and acknowledging the things that you've done, like acknowledging your resilience, all of the different things, like you changed careers, Right. So that gives you confidence to go, well, hey, if he brought me this far, he'll bring me to the next phase of getting married, which seemed to, you know, happen after your your shift. So what a what a huge acknowledgement for you. So I'm glad that you realized that. Yeah. And I think some things, you know, you kind of realize more later. And and I, you know, whenever I try to give advice to students or other people, I just say like you may answer for a long time. So you're face to face with God one day that you'll get an answer. But, um, obviously there's, you know, he's at work, I believe. And, um, you know, again, be, being faithful with what's in front of you. Uh, if you're faithful with a little, then you'll be, um, you'll be entrusted with much later on. Absolutely. That's how I try to live my, how to, how I live my life. So you mentioned 2020 earlier. So, as a youth pastor, how has your whole dynamic of what you're doing shifted since the pandemic back in started back in March or whatever it started for you guys? Yeah, that's about when it started. We we did uh, basically online stuff for a long time. Um, thankfully, where we are, it's not really been too crazy, at least yet. Uh, there's been like one uh, nursing home that was hit hard, unfortunately. Um, other than that, the numbers, positive cases have not been uh, through the roof here. I only know of a few people that have contacted it and, um, you know, no deaths or anything that I know of. Um, uh, so uh, with that said, in the summer, things opened up a little bit more. We were able to do some stuff. We just launched youth group again this past week where it is available in person. We try to social distance and, um, you know, make sure little different things that we do, whether it's games or food that we are as safe as possible. Um, so yeah, I think a, a big thing though is, uh, in my own life and in, uh, you know, ministry, we've really been forced to live one day at a time, which is what we're supposed to do. So if you can find a positive in all of this, hopefully, um, hopefully that's the case because especially when it started, it was like, we can't make plans. We can't make plans for next week. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we really are. We going to try to make our normal summer plans. Like there's a couple trips that got canceled. Can we even do that? You know, there's things with the team that I coach that have been different. Um, so it's like, if we can't even make plans and really have much to look forward to, then we better look forward to this very day that, that I'm given. And, uh, you know, hopefully, um, for a lot of people that's helped them. And if things, if, and when things get back to normal, hopefully they keep that with them and understand I'm supposed to live that way <laughs> anyway, live for today. Yeah. I think it's really, for me, it's really been like a flexible mindset of going, okay, so the plans that I had are maybe that's not important anymore. And so what's really important is how uh, I'm spending more time with, with God. And I think I've heard this, I, I don't know this exact statistic, but I've heard from multiple resources that your, uh, that Google um, how to pray has been Googled more now in this pandemic than any other time. Yeah. So, yeah, where do you, how do you see Christians have really shifted in 2020? Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things probably different in different parts of the world, but at least where I am, I've seen a lot of people, uh, hopefully, um, you know, start to live out their faith even more because they, it's like whenever you have those moments of uncertainty or you have those moments where right or wrong, people kind of freak out and think, is this the end of the world is, you know, like the, the funny picture of like, you know, what, what chapter of revelation are we living out today? You know, in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but sometimes that can be used for good where some maybe like old high school friends of mine, like they know where I stand and the, maybe they're not Christians, but they'll be like, Hey, is some of this true? And, and, and I don't like, you know, dive into the the fear and, you know, let's all freak out, but it's more like, Hey, I'll tell you why I'm not afraid because of my confidence and where, mm-hmm. you know, where I know my future lies. And some of these things could be, in times type stuff, but you got to be ready no matter what at all times. Um, so I, I've seen some of that, uh, um, in our own church, I've seen people engage maybe some of the online resources more than they have. And they're like, Hey, there's actually some good stuff that's online that you can use, you know, always, um, not to replace meeting, you know, in a church building, but as a guide, um, hopefully that's something they got from as well. But I've seen like some of the, like George Barna numbers, there's, a uh, like they said, one in three uh, Christians are currently not attending either online or church. But there's also a kind of a flip side of that where there's been a lot of non-Christians who have tuned in to some of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So it's like, I think across the board, the last several years, I like to look at these studies, like the, um, the I guess, on-fire Christians that have um, the evangelical Christians, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. that number is like stayed strong, straight, stayed steady. Mm-hmm. It's the ones who are like the casual, let's go once every two months, not really sure. Those are the ones that are kind of on the decline. So um, if we can, like the strong Christians, if we can continue to reach out to the non-believers, um, then there, I think there's some good things that come from it. Mm, absolutely. And for me, what really comes up is, what are you control of anyway, you know, and how much is your control is in your control. God's in control. So if you're worrying about things that God's the one taking care of it, are you really needing to worry about that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a chapter called illusions where I'm like, one of the biggest illusions is control. Like we don't have it. I mean, you can make a comprehensive list of things that, that I'm in control of. And it's like, 
four things like my, <laughs> my attitude and my, you know, um, I guess, uh, my response to people and those kind of things, but can't control much else. So <laughs> give it right. to a God who can, you know, Right. You can control what you consume, whether that be enough water, what kind of food, the news, who you're listening to, what you're listening to. Um, so what that's the one of the things that I always talk about is you can control what you consume. So it's your choice. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So what is next for Tyler? Well, um, I, I love everything that I'm doing right now. So, um, you know, even though, so the book came out in June, but um, just doing different studies and speaking engagements and promoting, just trying to, you know, have a conversation and get the message out. Uh, so I'll be doing that for a while. Uh, youth ministry, youth group just started up, um, you know, love and life as a dad with two little girls, two daughters and, uh, you know, coaching, we think we are going to have a season. So we'll see what that holds. It may be less games or, you know, cancellations and stuff, but it looks like that will at least be a thing this winter. Uh, and then the sports writing, uh, my main sports writing gig is for the NBA. They're in the bubble in Orlando, the mm -hmm. team I cover their season's about to end, uh, that may end today actually. So gotcha. that'll shift and who knows next season, they're planning to push back to like Christmas or new year's time. So once that kicks in, um, I'll be busy with that. But other than that, it's really, I mean, I, I don't, I feel like I don't just say it. I really live it out in terms of trying to live day by day. And from a career standpoint, it's almost like a year at a time. Like, all right, the next year I've kind of committed yeah. to this, see what happens, Lord willing after that. Um, but yeah, all these different things that are kind of uh, seasonal, but uh, be, you know, very blessed to get to do all of them. Mm, that's awesome. I love it. Love it. Love it. And the, um, your book, what was the premise of writing this book? How did it come to you? Yeah, it was a, uh, at first I was like, I want to just combine my writing experience with my ministry uh, teaching over the years, uh, been through a lot and a lot of experiences that have kind of resulted in a lot of stories. So I started to write all of them down, take notes, chapter ideas. And I realized when doing that, that like all this kind of fits the same idea of looking for God seven days a week. Um, not just Sunday morning, not just when you get good news or bad news, but so it's 19 different topics. They're all short chapters though. And, um, that's the kind of book I like to read short chapters, a lot of stories. So I want to share that. And it started as just an offering to God, you know, whoever, um, whoever he wants to, to read it hopefully will. And, um, yeah, really happy with how it turned out, but that's kind of the idea. How do I, I'm on this journey too. How do I, how do I seek God seven days a week? Nice. So it's called searching for seven. So is that where the seven comes from seven days a week? Yeah, that's the main thing. It's kind of a double meaning because seven can also mean the number of God, uh, means completeness and perfection in him. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking for that perfection of, of him and then also my own faith seven days a week. Nice. And where can people um, connect with you? Where can they get the book, uh, so your social media, all of that? Yeah, the best place is the website you mentioned because um, it has different links of where you can get the book. You can find it on you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, multiple places, but searching for seven.com has the direct links. So you don't have to really search for too much, but also on there is uh, like my blog page, my social media, you can uh, send me a message on there. Um, so lots of different ways to connect from there. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And, um, just real quick, this just came to me, so I'm just going to ask it. Um, uh, when was the last time you did something for the first time? Last time for the first time. 
Um, yeah, I'm not sure if this totally fits, but I, we made it a point to visit a new city every year. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a new thing every year. So we are, you know, in a few weeks, actually, we're going to go to uh, West Virginia and DC, you know, nice. kind of that area. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we like just a year ago at this time, I saw my, my memories that we went to Niagara Falls. And oh, so every year we try to do that. Um, and it really, it's something I look forward to every year. So it's kind of like the same thing, but it's also new, like make sure you yeah. go and experience new things every year. Oh, that's fun. And I hope, and I'm sure that your, your family will enjoy it. There's so much to do in DC. We'll have to talk after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And I just really want to thank you so much for your time, um, for being here and you're, I know you're so busy, especially right now with the, the basketball season. So thank you for being here. And I like to leave with this question. What phrase scripture or mantra are you living by right now? Uh, I think Colossians three twenty three. Uh, it's one of my favorites. It's whatever you do, do it with all your heart is working for the Lord, not for men. So I follow that word, whatever, to mean everything, right? It's not just uh, when I go to church or when I go to work. It's whatever I'm doing, no matter what it is, talking on a podcast, playing basketball, hanging out with friends, do it with all my heart, and I'm working for the Lord, not for men, while I do it. Mm. And it it shows. It shows that you do that. So thank you for following along. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Don't turn this off just yet. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Do you have a compelling story and don't know where to start? Have you ever thought about writing a book and thought about writing the whole book is overwhelming? Well, we are looking for you. We want to connect and collaborate with other podcasters, coaches, and entrepreneurs who want to gain exposure. We are looking for other people who want to co-author a book with us. You can find out more details at firestartersbookproject.com.